grab your bowls and spoons, kiddos. It is now time for the Peter Butter and Syrup Podcast with your host, Corey and Dahoo! Every time. <laughs> Corey one with a rock and that was actually him. that was actually the the meme too yeah. rock beating scissors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when I when I saw it I was like this has got to go on the Facebook page. Oh yeah, it's too is way too fucking hilarious not to go on the Facebook page. <laughs> All, right. All right, are you ready? Yeah, bring us in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Peanut Butter and Syrup Podcast, the podcast that will try to cheat at poker with a Uno deck. I'm here. My name is Corey, <laughs> and my Non-lovely cousin. Skip four. <laughs> and, the, and the man with the plan over That's here. That's going to be Mr. my Brian. name this episode is Skip four. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and we've got Brian over there on the uh, ones and twos that keep us under You know what's control. weird about Uno? What's that? Is they got a draw four card, but they don't come with pencils or crayons. How are you going to draw four without some sort of writing utensil? But he's got a point. One minute in and already saying something stupid. God damn it. <laughs> I was trying to set the tone early. I'm sorry. It's not like the stupid's going to sneak up on you. I mean, you just need to let it. Like, here it is. It's kind of like flashing your junk at somebody. Like, you don't just. There's there's a dick joke. No, I was actually going to say if you were a woman, but apparently your gay tendencies have come out again. All right, Mr. Brian. Pretty much sure I was thinking of naked women when I was saying flash your junk. I was like, that's not what Corey was thinking. I like pussy. <laughs> yes, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I reckon I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, well, at least we're having fun. That's all that matters. Brian, what would you like to talk about? Brian doesn't look like he's having fun. No, he, I'm going to bring awkward, it down. He's awkwardly laughing. Well, yeah. He's crying. I'm laughing to make you guys feel good. <laughs> he's like, if I laugh, they probably won't cut me. Because I got the box cutter. Box cutter. <laughs> For you at home that can't tell, I, I am holding the box cutter and playing. Like, hear that? I keep the box cutter handy. He's jerking off a transformer. In case. (laughs) I've this prime. (laughs) Corey and his dick jokes. Mechanical dick at that. Gotta gotta add a little spice to life, right? Oh, jeez. So would that make make Corey a mecha dick fan? (laughs) I mean, he was already a mega dick fan, but does that that add to it? He's a mecha dick fan? Uh, I think that adds... All right, then. So we're somebody about a topic. <laughs> wow. I am. Look at the time. So my topic was going to be about, you know, some of those red flags that you see from people like Corey. Like when you're at the like- beach and the tide's all <laughs> fucked up and you might drown? There's a shark. God damn it. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the red flags from toxic people that are jerking <laughs> off Megatron. Well, if you see somebody jerking on Megatron, I would stay away from that purse. Man, that, that would be a toxic that person. money shot is going to wipe out a state. Oh yeah, well you got to be careful. Yeah, toxic people. Bumblebee. Oh. I mean, it'd probably just be like hydraulic fluid or something. But I just think for Megatron. Well, didn't it would he be... didn't he pee in the movie? Like one of those pee out yeah. oil on one of the people. So yeah, probably. That's terrible. That's rude. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't it, hang out. You know with what? I just that. realized at no point has Bumblebee been linked to R. Kelly in a reference. <laughs> yes. yet, yet, yet he peed on someone in a movie. He has now. Well, R. You Kelly. heard it here first <laughs> on the peanut butter and 
syrup podcast. <laughs> Making that connection. That, that <laughs> we, we make the connections that no one else can figure out is that Bumblebee is the Transformer version of R. Kelly. And we're, and we're not even high. <laughs> Except for I don't think he does 12-year-old girls. Well, wow, that's silence. <laughs> that's silence. Wow. Awkward. Yeah, you talk about peeing on people all day long. Speaking of but, red flags, I think that's... That's a, that's a serious red flag. If somebody's flag. peeing on you, please don't be their friend. If you Google your address and there's a blue dot above it, which is funny because if you Google your address, they'll put a blue dot above your address. You talking about making people paranoid? <laughs> that would, that would. So anyone that Googles their address and you look at it and there's a blue dot above your address, you're a pedophile. <laughs> If we could get that rumor started, it would just it would it would shut just down make, the fucking internet, man. Just make a meme of it. Just Google somebody with a little dot of it and say, yeah. "You see this?" And Dude, it's done. I'm doing it as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> and if it's white, there's two two pedophiles because sometimes I think it does white depending on the browser you use. Anyway, so red flags and toxic relationships. Oh, or toxic people. Like, toxic people. Yeah, because yeah. I know we did relationships in a previous yeah. episode. We'll just, yeah, dealing well. We talked about how shitty people are. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a little bit of tie back and some. Oh, yeah. A little bit of relation to that as far as. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I Sometimes you don't realize somebody's toxic for you. Friendship wise, or whatever, until afterwards. So. Well, and I think there's a lot of people that accept toxicity as out of a people because there's a, a comfort zone, a comfort. No, no, they because they're related to them. Well, that's true. They they get a pass uh, because they, they're they related to them, even though that. And we just had that conversation today. Speaking of on Facebook, <laughs> um, right? So damn it. So as we've discussed, I'm the lovely cousin. <laughs> Um, yeah, delightful. I, I don't get called lovely. I must be the uh, toxic person on the podcast. Short and hairy, I believe, are the words that get used with you. Short, hairy, and poor eyesight. So we're going to have shirts called De Lovely Deroot. For sale. <laughs> yes. It'd be funny if they actually sold. But we were talking about like family, you know, like sometimes you got to, and I mean, I've done it several times. You got to cut family loose for the same reason. Don't let them hold you back, man. Don't, don't let them drag you down. And it's funny because. We were discussing like the stand-up that I was doing today in the environment. It's a it's an it's a ironic environment for me, and and for you, you see a little bit of humor, kind of, oh, and find a, lots of humor in it, and a ton of irony <laughs> in it. But the crazy thing is, is is the guy who's the main my main contact. His name is also Corey. Super nice guy, ultra encouraging believes in my ability to be funny and do stand-up as much as Beth does or more. And he's just ultra positive. And that's why I'm just intrigued by this group. And then I be, I meet people in his group. And then, I like, I did my set today, and they came up, and they were like, man, great job. That stuff was funny. Thanks for coming out. And I'm like, dude, thanks for letting me come do this. At this point in my in, in where I am with it, I have to go places that let me on stage, even if the stage is a field full of people and I'm not technically on stage, which I did figure out when you're, when you're the only comic at an event and you're not technically on stage and there's not actually a regular host kind of thing, ending your set is awkward. (laughs) 
Because normally when you end your set, you say, all right, guys, my name's like Randall. Is that like when you're banging the girl behind the bowling alley? Just because awkward. That's attention. only weird when your mom shows up. So <laughs> Talk about red flags. Yeah. Mom. So it was weird because like today, normally like if I'm at Laughing Skull or somewhere, I, I like, hey, thanks, guys. My name's Randall. I appreciate your time. I grab the mic stand. I put the mic in the stand, and I turn and walk away. The host comes out. And takes out today. I'm just standing in front of this crowd of people. It's like you just made a bad pickup line to a girl, and you're like, "I, and I don't get to, know what to do now." And I get oh, to like the she <laughs> drove, and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's like right. <laughs> and and you don't have money for Uber. <laughs> so and you can't I bounce a check with Uber. You can't write a fake check like you used to could. So and and I can't. There was nowhere for me to go <laughs> because if I'd have just turned around, like, all right, guys, thanks, and walked away, then I'd been like, "Where's he going?" <laughs> when there was no backstage, so you just right. be walking off. You, you should, should have just kind of so like literally you just stopped and looked funny, and looked weird, and like, what's wrong? With him? I'm waiting for the curtain to close. So literally, <laughs> literally, I got to the end of my material, which was about 13 and a half, 14 minutes long, and I was like, okay, thanks, guys. That's all I've got. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what else to do. And then, of course, the guy who's hosting it, Corey comes up and, you know, and he's like, Hey, thank Randall for coming out, you know, and all that stuff. And I was like, no, thank you guys. And we stood around and talked and it was really cool. I mean, I, I can say, even though it is a very strange environment for me, partially, I had a lot of fun. And at this point, I don't care where I am. I mean, granted, I wouldn't go to a KKK rally and do comedy. I mean, a mic for a lot of money and the opportunity to choke some fools out. But <laughs> and there's some other places that I wouldn't go, but at this point I don't like to go far to find one of those. <laughs> no, no I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine. But but it's just very strange. So, you know, Brian's idea of these these red flags, there's been a a well, lot of good positive relationships in my life lately. So it's kind of it's kind of weird, man. And I even told Corey that. I was like, dude, you're kind of freaking me out. He's like, why? I was like, you're way too positive. Well, I know from dealing in <laughs> like, the artist. Type, and encouraging. Yeah. The artist industry, there's a lot of toxic people who everybody's trying to get ahead. Some people use you. And there's a lot of insecurity. They don't They don't, They don't. don't reciprocate. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm willing to help anybody do about anything. Uh, Brian's about the same way. And that's. And what's funny is that me and Brian, our friendship is because of a toxic relationship. Uh, I was discussing uh, a friend that I used to do work with and and even our buddy Houston. Neither one of these guys would be my friend without this other friendship that went sour, bad. And looking back on it, it's like there's a lot of qualities I that were not healthy, you know. But it also took meeting him to, oh i've got before, those you know i mean but that's the thing is like sometimes you don't realize they are until it's they end up being a segue yes that's the interesting part is is some crappy relationships and i can look back at them they segued me into really good relationships whether it's professional mm -hmm. relation I, I mean i can tell you one of my clients that i've been working with for 13 years is because he wasn't toxic he was just a shitty person and we were we were friends, and then we were kind of doing business together too. And then I met this other people, and then I faded away from him. And I've been working with them for thirteen years. Well, yeah. then I have friends that are the same way. My buddy Wade, 
we've been friends since the 90s. Well, we met because his coworker used to come in the bike shop and we raced together. And then he started coming in. We started riding dirt bikes together and that kind of stuff. Well, Jason went away because he ended up being a douchebag, but Wade and I still talk. Yeah. So, I mean. But there are some people. But it's kind of weird because kind of... you kind of got to give Jason credit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I know, but there are some people that still seem to kind of linger around and you know you keep them at arm's length, that you never can really get rid of them, but you know that you can't put. They're energy, like a cat litter box. You can't put energy into them, whether they be family or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want it around and yeah. all that, but it's almost kind of necessary that yeah. they're around. But you know, the closer you get to it, the more it's going to smell like shit. Like it's exactly like a cat litter box. Well, there's people like social media friends per se. It's like your social media friends. I don't mind having you know being social media friends, but I cannot hang out with you in person because you either can't handle your alcohol, you. Uh, you make my life miserable just being around you. But you're kind of funny on Facebook or something. I'm pretty sure that's what everybody I'm friends with on Facebook thinks about me. Well, I, I, I'm i not pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like, if I would like to head that committee and speak for the friends of Randall. I'm going to speak for the entire Well, internet. technically, well, friends of Darut because uh, yeah. I use my legal name on Facebook. The... Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's like we've talked about this, even like our relationship growing up. And there's, you know, it's, as we've grown apart and grown back together, there's moments is like. By the way, I, we started off as Siamese twins, but we were three <laughs> years apart. And by different mothers. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> That's a red flag. That's the weirdest Siamese twin story ever. And Ripley still won't pick us up, motherfuckers. But you know, so their house is crooked. Yeah. <laughs> they, but I mean, it's like. They lost their pencil. You know, it's like at some points. You just have to ignore people. It's like, I know, all right, I got to be around this person, but you're not really offering me anything, you know. You mean like at family reunions? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean. I'm going to sit over here and hope you guys sit over there because I know we're related, but I don't want to interact with you. Well, I mean, that's the same thing at work. They get on to me all the time about, you know, I don't socialize at work. It's like, I'm here. I get to work to work. I go to work to work. I'm not. I don't hate Motherfuckers, I didn't come here because no. I needed friends. No, they're not toxic, but in that, in that respect, just in the fact that, like, that's just who I am. It's like, I have my friends. Right, but... My friends need to be enriching to my life, and I want to be enriching to their life. And sometimes you can't... You think you're being that way, and then some people can bring you down. But, but what you're talking about is something that I, I... So I've been working on this routine, trying to figure out how to, to explain it and stand up, is why people in their 40s don't like people in their 20s. And the reason is... is you 30 yet? Yeah, he's 30. So he falls in the neutral zone when I explain this. Just right there. fucking time. So people in their (laughs) 40s don't like people in their 20s because we used to be you. (laughs) And we know how hard you're trying. I'm going to ask a math question, but what percentage of y'all used to be... 20? (laughs) Okay. So for anyone well, who grew 100 up, hundred pounds heavier, I was. So anyone who started school in the nineties, I want to explain: a hundred percent of the people who are in their forties used to be twenty. No shit. It's mathematically impossible to be in your forties and have not gone through your. Unless 20s. you're Scott Bakula in the, uh, the time traveling TV show, or Benjamin and- Button, because technically he hadn't got to his twenties yet. Yeah. Well, actually, wasn't the uh, what's his name on uh, Third Rock from the Sun? The uh, the younger. Um, the younger alien on there, he actually was aging backwards, wasn't he? Child no, alien. he was an old man. Oh, he's right. In a younger body. Yes. Yeah. I so watch anyway, good TV shows. People in their 40s don't <laughs> like people in their 20s because they used to be those people. And the thing is, 
And this is what people in their 20s don't understand, and it's okay because no one in their 20s knows this. You have to get to your 40s to figure it out. You're trying way too hard. You're trying to be this vision of an adult that you had as a kid, and you've moved out of mom and dad's house, you're out of the nest, and all of a sudden you're responsible and you think you know everything because all of a sudden you have to pay your own bills. And you're using funny catchphrases like lit, and fire and shit like that, but this is what's and funny. Don't arrest me. What does no, everything no. <laughs> have to do? <laughs> no, this is what this is hilarious because I thought of this the other day. Is each generation in their twenties has catchphrases? Yeah. And anyone who doesn't use the catchphrase that's older is a douchebag, and you don't like them because they don't use those phrases. But right now, if you're twenty five and you say this shit's lit, this is fire. If you visited a grandparent at a rest home. And you're like, hey, Pop Pop, how you doing? He's like, shit's lit. The bingo game's fire, bitch. Like, what would you say to your grandfather if you're 25 and he said that? You'd be like, you shit slid off the cracker, man. Like, something's wrong with you. So, say right on. Right. Cool, bro. They, so that's what I'm wow, saying. Look at the time. Like, but what's funny is, is people in their 40s will still use some of those, like dude and bro and shit like that occasionally but we don't why because we don't give a fuck that's why we're not trying to be liked anymore we don't need to fit in because we realize who fucking cares and we also know if we don't know it we can go learn it i don't need to act like i fucking know everything like i did in my 20s i was out i was one of those i was i had to know and we didn't have the internet like now no we couldn't Google yeah, we didn't stuff. Have, we didn't have dictionaries or encyclopedias or anything then. Whoa, Holy whoa, whoa, whoa. We did. Shit. They were Y'all stone. Were fucking cave, they, were carved, they were carved on slabs of granite, much like the Ten Commandments. So, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was hard to go to school, man, uphill snow two ways carrying granite books. But We took them for granted. That's the problem. But don't oh. bunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, as you hear the knife open. So, so that's, I mean, but that's what it is, is I think, I think we experience a lot of toxic relationships in our twenties that kind of build who we end up being in the forties and we're better prepared to see it. We see it faster. We see it from a distance. But I think at that age, we don't recognize that they are toxic for us. Well, the reason is, is because we want to be friends with fucking everybody. We think in your twenties, you think everyone should get along and everyone should agree because, again, you don't fucking know anything, and it's not your fault. I'm not trying to say it's it's a generational thing. It's everyone that ever went through their 20s. It's not, it's not a millennial thing or a Gen Z thing or whatever. It's just being in your 20s because there's so much going on, and you're absorbing so much from the world, and you're out from under mom and dad's thumb. It's just the way it works. And, yeah, we, we put up with a lot of shit in our 20s that – we won't put up with in our forties. And why is because one, we realize how much more valuable time is. And we realize they have nothing to offer in that relationship. You know, go ahead. I was going to say, just, I was just thinking of us, a uh, girl I was seeing at one time and, and talking about it. Talk- I, I, I would have whoa. guessed because of all the <laughs> dick jokes. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> when you say seeing, are you talking about on Pornhub <laughs> or do you mean like in real life at a dinner? Or is this you're at the Marta bus stop and you're watching her from across the street? Were you stalking her? Does she even know you exist? 
Look, he's got no real yes. answers for us. He's like, he's like, uh, I'd like to vote for D, D, all the above. Can I, can I buy a vowel? Draw for a pass. <coughs> no, without, uh, no. It, having a, it was a weird moment because it was like. It sounded like a stroke. Because <laughs> around her, I could never be myself. And that's why, obviously, I was. Weird. Well, that wasn't going to work. No, no. And, and, and I thought of something because it's like. At that moment, because I always, at that point in my life, I was in my th- late 30s, I was like, anybody I felt that was toxic to me or just, I didn't feel like did anything for me. I just kind of like, all right, you're 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 out of my life. Or I keep you at, you know, I'll be your social media friend, but I'm not your friend friend. Anyway, and I noticed that it was always this weird situation between us. And when I was having this conversation, and I was like, look, my philosophy is if it's toxic people come out of your life, if I'm being toxic to you, didn't cut me out of your life. I've told Sydney that, our daughter. I was like, at any point in your life, I'm not bringing something to the table and I'm making your life worse. Cut me the fuck loose. Because, I mean, it, I, I I think it's one of those things like anybody can be toxic to somebody else. It, no, it might, how without they, even knowing they yes, are yeah. or trying. Yeah, because, I mean, I could bring somebody down without realizing it because I'm part of my own thing. We're not, you're not rich in me. And maybe I'm subconsciously. Or if it's a relationship that there's supposed to be something there, right? And there's not, right? That technically is toxicity. Yeah. So end it. Yeah. it cut all. It's ties. at least a red flag if if one party is expecting way more. And that's typically family stuff. And yeah, that's a standard family. Like, hey man, you're a parent. <laughs> you should be involved in a kid's life or a grandkids or something like it that. It is quite apparent you should be a parent. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brian just shit his pants. <laughs> oh, but that little peanut in his head just went bouncing, man. The Joker's a... No, but you know what? What's weird is like that, that one female when I was hanging out, I was like, I went to this weird place being in my 30s. I was like, late 30s. I was like, okay, I should see what's up here. Maybe it's me that's not getting it. But I saw all these like flags, like everything about her is like, okay, you're my age, you're single, I should give this a shot. But I was like, none of this is work working. You know, it was things that just did not make me feel comfortable. And by doing that, made me feel well. You shouldn't have myself. to compromise who you yeah. are to make it work. Yeah. And I was going through this weird little thing trying to find myself because that's it's, a short term solution to a long term right. problem. Right, and I, you know, it's one of those lessons you you learn from that. But I'm, I look and it's like I see these red flags. I'm like, and I'm giving red flags like crazy because I'm not being myself. But it was just weird, like all these little things that I don't want to find in a mate. She had them, and I'm like, why am I sticking around? It only lasted like a month. Where is everybody buying these flags? <laughs> they're, they're in a Seems box. like the red flag business would be the business to get into. Like, <laughs> That's what like, I was wondering. Like I'm stock thinking goes about up by thirty percent daily. Well, it started out as flag football in high school, and then you start building those relationships from there, and that's where. It was that called. the first time you touched a dick in public? Was it flag football? <laughs> no. Okay, I, I was <laughs> yeah, wondering. Wait, I mean, no, no. I, I already, <laughs> I already knew the answer. I was just curious how hard you were going to try to lie. No, I've never. <laughs> get your damn hands off her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut up, Marty. Oh, but anyway, I. I the toxic thing, I, I I see that a lot. And I don't know if it's a, if it's everybody or if it's uh, well. Okay, certain- let's do this. Let's figure this out because I'm not. I'm curious. I just had a thought. What <laughs> is the difference between someone that you hang out with because they're either a spouse to someone you enjoy hanging out with that they're annoying, but they're borderline 
things that they do are borderline toxic. To you or that your your friend? Like, let's say it's a spouse of a friend. Okay. And you that, know the relationship's toxic or that person's being toxic. No, 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 no. So, like, your, your, your relationship with your friend is fine. Right. But let's say a girlfriend or a wife or it's the husband or whatever is annoying at a level and does things behind the scenes that could be construed as toxic, but it's just kind of like right there on the line. How do you, it's I like mean, right before pushing your button. And it's and to me, I mean, cause I am willing to sacrifice. Like if I have a, a really good friend and it, and it hadn't happened in a long time, but I've had it happen in the past. Cause nobody likes you. Oh, you mean that's by design. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, you know, what's funny is, is people say that and they're like, nobody likes you. And I'm like, you know, that's actually a compliment. It's on purpose. Like, like it's, I, I don't know if you think it's a slight, but it's, <laughs> it just reinforces that I'm doing things right. So if it's a, if it's a, or you get left behind. Cause all right. So everybody's oh, had a friend. Got his, so Corey struggles <laughs> with his left and rights and he just nailed he said, it. Left behind. <laughs> and I'm holding up my right hand for the players at home. <laughs> Corey so, just nailed it, though. But yeah, go on. So we've all had those friends that had a girlfriend or boyfriend, right? That was annoying, but we put up with them because we enjoyed the other person. Now, how far can that that third party push it before you're willing to cut ties with the person that you like? I guess it depends on your friend can never be separated from that person, you know? Because there's some people it's like they're attached to the hip, and if it's if it comes as a package deal every time, then I would hate that. If you've got to deal with it's not. Well, I didn't ask how how much, how would you feel about it. I asked I mean, when I, would you cut ties. Oh no, no, so I'm I've, trying I've trying done to that gauge. Before. I've cut ties with a friend, and then you know because they were attached to the hip with somebody, and then years later, out of the blue, a person comes back. He's like, "Hey, it's been a while since we chatted." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit, we." Pretty Again, much quit by design. hanging out with you because of so and so, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're not together anymore." I'm like, "Oh, congrats!" Like, but you know what's weird? Yeah, we rekindle a friendship because I had to. Or had to you walk don't, away. because at that point you've been apart from each other. You're like, "I don't really miss you." Uh, yeah, and that that happens. You just like lose we've connection. grown, we've grown apart at that. Yeah, point. and it's so it's it's weird because it's easy for me. And I'm a little boy again. It has a lot to do with how I was brought up. I had to and I may have brought this up in a previous episode or something, but when I was a kid, I had to put up with so much shit that now I just refuse to. I don't. I will not put up with shit, even out of clients. Yeah, you're paying me for us to do something, but you're not paying me for to put, to put up with your shit. So I probably tend to be a little more outspoken about stuff like that because a lot of people are like, well, you just got to take people how they are. No, you don't. No. If I have to take somebody how they how they are... Or how just to, for whatever reason they behave, I don't need to put myself. Well, in yeah. I remember a time, and if Darren's listening, he'll get a chuckle out of this because I remember Darren's first wife when I met her before they were ever getting married. Somebody being boisterous about people that are toxic because they're related to someone with your best friend or married to them. I remember one time when I met her, first thing I said to her, I said, "Just remember this: I'll be, I was here before you, and I'll, I'll be, be here, here after, after you." And he, he still asked about it, and I think she might even brought it up to him when they were getting divorced. But it's like, that was the truth. It's like, he's, you know, he's good for me, family, but I knew, I could kind of see things, but that's not my decision to date. 
you know, to, they're dating. Well, you weren't going to sleep with Darren, so he had to get someone who would. Well, you know, well maybe you would have. Sorry. Had to with Darren. <laughs> so, but, but you know what I mean? It's those kind of things. Where Brian's like, like, am I the only one that fucked Darren? You know, like, I thought everybody I'm, in this group but, had fucked Darren. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little, feeling a little feel special. A little but, not you know, in a good way. But we're talking about things good, good coming out. Of course, he got his son out of it, so a good thing happened uh, out of that. But, you know, it's, it's weird when you can kind of see other people's toxic. Well, okay, so that's what's funny. But you, like the relationship, you can say, I know she's talked it for you and our situation, but you're not going to cut ties with her because you're getting laid by her. But only one thing I have control over. You know, Beth listens to this, right? (laughs) (laughs) We find find out Corey got cut. Be like, Beth did it. She found the box cutter. <laughs> you talking about me, bitch? I mean, because you comes, de- comes storming. I hear Beth stairs. now. The episode's not live yet, and she's already heard. But Beth will be like, uh, "You know, you've lost enough weight to be in my weight class, motherfucker. You're about to get fucked up." <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, you only have control over you. So if that person won't get rid of that toxic person, then you need to cut both of them out of there. You well, def- then you have, you have to decide but, when but, that point is. And I guess uh, I guess there's no there's no magical answer because no. it's 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 dependent. So this is what's going to be funny about this, and to me is not only is it going to be dependent on me, it's going to be dependent on the other person because if I'm super attached to someone, and and again we've probably talked about this before, I I, I put everything in assets and liabilities. If your relationship is an asset to me, again. All you have to be an asset, all you got to be do is cool to hang out with. That's it. You don't have to give me money or support any of the bullshit I do or any of that. Just be cool to hang out and talk to. The higher up, what if they're mute, dude? Well, that's they, the ultimate. Just hang out. That, that is the ultimate friend, a mute. So, because I can talk all the shit I want to talk, and they can't be they. And I'm not going to learn sign language. Fuck them. Because it's because oh, <laughs> I don't want to have to know they're talking well, shit back. I'll be like, well, dude, are you having a stroke? Put your hands down. Well, I don't, don't want to see that do, shit. Do mutes learn sign language? Because they're not really deaf. Well, how else are they well, going to communicate? Well, they can still communicate. Texting like everybody else who does these days? They'll just sit across the table for you and text you? Damn. Well, then I'd have to block them. <laughs> Is that how they know the relationship's <laughs> over? Yeah, because like, I, I friended you specifically for your inability to talk back to me. That was, and you discovered texting. And, then, and you discovered texting and ruined it. So would that make them a toxic person? That's almost up there with the, we were talking about hee-haw earlier. You, you met another and you were gone. So you learned to text and you were gone. So, yeah, so I, I don't. I don't know because I've been through a lot of my mom's relationship with me was toxic. My dad's relationship with me when I was younger. And then for a little while it was cool and then it wasn't. And then a little while it was cool and then it wasn't. It's been on again, off again. It's been toxic. And that's like figuring out the definition of what toxic is. If it's just. Even to me at this point, if you're the least bit fucking annoying and you don't have any respect for our relationship, fuck you. You're toxic. And that's what it really boils down to. If you don't have respect for my time, today I put a headlight in a car for a person I just met a couple of days ago when I was doing stand-up today. I got to talking to her, and she just asked me. She's like, hey, do you know someone that can help me put a headlight in a car? I don't have a ton of money. And apparently they were going to charge her $95 put a headlight in her car. Good Lord. I said, hang on. I, I can do it for 90 
No. And I, <laughs> I, I can lowball those motherfuckers right now. Well, and I, and, and I told her, I said, I think if you buy a headlight from O'Reilly's, they'll put it in. So I called O'Reilly's because we have a commercial account, and they said, no, we don't do that. And I told her, I said, look, i got to go to town and get some stuff for one of the race cars. I'll pick up a headlight for your car. I'll put it in. Turns out because my commercial account, I got a $12 headlight bulb for $5 for her car. Went and put it in for her. And, and the whole time, and when I got done, she's like, what do I owe you? I said, well, thanks to my uh, commercial account, the bulb was $5. She goes, what do I owe you for the install? It's like nothing. And she hugged me and she goes, thank you. The fact that she showed that she was grateful for the assistance is the only thing that I was only thing that I was requiring requiring out of that transaction. Yes, I wanted to be reimbursed for the $5 headlight, but honestly, if she didn't pay me for the $5 headlight, even though I just met her a couple of days ago, I didn't really care because $5 at this point in my life is not going to make or break me. And she's right, you know, I was about to say she's driving an old car, but her car is almost exactly the same age as every car I own. <laughs> so, so I can't give her too much crap about that. But that's it. But I've done so much for other people that are family so far beyond that. And they've all but shit on our relationship to the point now. I'm like, I don't even want to ever fucking talk to you about anything again. And a perfectly good stranger. And she's like, you don't know how much this means to me. And I was like, yeah, I do. And she hugged my neck. And I was like, that that tells me right there. And she was like, thank she you. She hugged your neck? Yeah, you know, I call that strangling. <laughs> Not with both hands. <laughs> that's what we call it in the South is hugging your neck, dick shit. Okay. And I did say dick shit, not dip shit. God, where's well, the know, fart jokes that, up in here? It kind of reminds me of the philosophy of what a friend in college told me. And I kind of kind of live by this philosophy there in a we weird go. way. But people always find it, find it awkward when you tell them this because it's like, I believe everybody fucks you over at some point in your life. Now, yep. the sliding scale is... I, you you get you paid five dollars for a bulb. You'll never get that five dollars back. Or your friend slept with your wife or killed your daughter. I mean, there's this weird. Well, scale. no, she paid me for the headlight. Yeah, I don't know, know if I explained that. No, no, okay. Well, you, like, you know, you but put, you're using that as an example. Yeah, or you, okay. you let your friend borrow five dollars. That's not. That's a, the that's, cheapest way to get rid of somebody is give them money. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's not a. You're paying them to go. I mean, away. technically, you, you your friend fucked you over five dollars because he never paid. Does that you make back? your friend a hooker if you give them money and they go away? <laughs> I thought hookers cost more than that. But I'm just. But you give yeah. a hooker to money to go away, so if yeah. you get from friend. But anyway, so when, Corey's working on a sliding scale of <laughs> fucked up over here. When, when people get awkward when you tell them, it's like, yeah, your friend, you gave your friend five dollars and they paid you back. They fucked you over, and they're like, oh, that's awkward, but it's the truth. But that's not enough to ruin a or friendship people, over. But uh, if you, well, depends on you know, how you, you know what I mean. It's like right. you have to determine what that sliding scale. I think that is. has to do with at that point in time. How long have you been friends? If I've been right. friend with, friends with someone for. Like if you, I mean, Jesus Christ, we've been friends our whole lives. Obviously. I ain't your friend. I'm just your family. Uh. <laughs> well, then why the fuck are you in my cool ass basement hanging out with my friend Brian and I? He's not your friend either. He came with me. <laughs> I guarantee you, if I put this knife anywhere near his face, he'd be like, "I am your best goddamn friend ever. Just don't cut me." So, so we've been hanging out. Let's put it that way forever. <laughs> At this point, if you said I needed a hundred bucks, at least forty-five years. If I need, if God, you, that's forever. If you said I needed a hundred bucks, I'd give you a hundred bucks and never expect to see it again, and wouldn't give a shit. Can I borrow your hundred bucks? If you fucking need it, you're 
your freaking unhouse poor now. <laughs> you're 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 negative house poor, which makes a positive. For the first time for, in forever. For, for the first time I ever, Common Core math is working for me. <laughs> so, but but there are people that I know that I've only been friends with for a few, you know, let's say a few months, and if they asked to borrow five dollars. One, I'd feel awkward about giving them the five dollars, but I would expect to not see it again and never see them again. Yeah. But that's fine. So I think there's that again using the concept of yeah. sliding scale. I think people get weird when you tell them that your philosophy is that everybody will fuck you over because people think try to think better about people, but I don't think of it as a bad thing. It's just that's just the reality. Realistic expectations. Yes. Okay, so like Corey with the comedy stuff. Right. He takes it as a slight when I say, when we talk about doing an event and I go, if we do this, he takes it as a slight. Like, I don't believe like he's running a line of shit on me and it's not it. I just know how complicated life is. And we talked about that today. And and he's like, yeah, he's like, Randall will say within the course of 30 seconds, he'll say, if we do this like five times. And he's like, and quit saying, if we do this, he goes, but no, no, no. If we do this. no, And that's setting up expectation is all it is. I'm trying not to be overly invested in this concept of doing this comedy show that I really want to do because I want to get more stage time and I want to get my presence out there in the world and see if I can take comedy somewhere and grow it. When you had this conversation a year ago, it was, to, you know, throwing around this idea of a movie before we got into the podcast, and all these things are doable, and we have the skills to do it. We put our mind to it, and but I told you, said I don't want to commit to anything mm-hmm. because I don't. I don't say we we'll do this unless I know you're we like can do me. This. You're yes. like me. You won't say if I say I'm going to do yes. it. I'm going to do it. You don't have to remind me every six months. Yeah, we can discuss it. We can discuss it. What are our, what are our capabilities? Like I tell this? Beth that all the time. Like, I'm going to clean the fridge out. Quit fucking yeah. reminding me once a year. I mean, like, like, like me and Brian talking about uh, <laughs> film. I was just talking to an uh, actor today about, you know, people want to do a film and they never get it done and this, that, and the other. And it's kind of like that me and Brian don't put the camera on to anything until we know we, if we, yeah, if we think we, if we actually think we can finish it. Then there's well, no use in actually pulling the camera out. But you guys, I think, are a lot like me. You don't pull the trigger until you know you're ready. One, you're budgeted, you're planned, and you know you can execute it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I want to do the kitchen at our house. Well, I could start it and piddle at it over the course of the next three years, but I really just want to wait until I've got it all planned out. I've got it budgeted, and I can execute it in a timely manner, so it's not a huge inconvenience on my life. Well, projects are the same way. No matter yeah. a project's a product, car project, a film project, yes. podca- podcast stuff's pretty pretty basic. We got yeah, a fairly we still good had to, We still had to determine, is this something we can do? And can we pull it off? And if we're going to do it, then let's do it. I mean, it was still, it was still the same thing. It's still a project. Right. It just, it was, there were less moving parts, right. so it took less planning. Like, I had a conversation with a girl last year about working on some music. Like, she really wanted to work on some music, and I had to be frank with her. It's like, here are the things. See, that's where you screwed up. You should have just been Corey. <laughs> be you, man. <laughs> just be comfortable with who you are. Yeah but, yeah, but Frank's more of an asshole than I am sometimes. Only when he wears the rabbit suit. <laughs> well, that's his other, you know, I was, that's his other personality. But, uh, you know, it's like, it, it, I could tell people get, like, your, your friend. It's like, I could tell when I'm having the conversation with her about just being, laying it on the table. It's like, here's the issues that I have before I can commit to this. It's like, you're moving on with the place. I can't. I don't know if you're going to be able to commit to it. So I don't know if I should commit to it. Unfortunately, I didn't commit There's to it. There's fundamental logistic issues yes. already. But a lot, of yeah. people, a lot of people, especially 
especially in the I don't uh, maybe in the uh, the the, uh, the car community the same way as just our film community. People want to do something, they talk about it, they're gonna go home and they never do it. Okay, so um, I mean I think it's and I reference this TV show a lot, but I really. I'm a Jerry Seinfeld fan, but I really love the conversations he has on this TV show. And it's comedians and cars getting coffee. And one of them he has with, um, good Lord, I got Howard Cosell stuck in my name, but the, the think- big crazy DJ with the crazy hair. Oh, Howard, Howard Stern. Stern. Yeah. So I'm a Howard Stern fan. I love the fact that Howard is always Howard. Now, the older he gets, apparently he's getting a little uh, like uh, Howard Hughes. Weird. Um, like has a hair person go around with him all right. the time and all this kind of stuff. He's getting really weird because he's reached this level of success. Some of us aren't old me... enough to know what you're talking about. You know and, who Howard Stern is? No, Howard Hughes. Spruce Goose, one of the greatest aviation industry guys ever. Uh, also extremely rich and extremely paranoid. Didn't know what... airplanes have been around that long? Anyway. <laughs> didn't what's his name uh, play? Uh... I was going to act like I gave a shit that Brian didn't know, but fuck it. I don't even really care. So Howard Stern sitting there, and he said that he got into production stuff, and he's like, "And Howard per- Howard Stern Productions is launching this and launching that." And he goes, "You know, this is what's funny about it." He goes, "You go to the press conferences, you go to the re- press releases, you go to all this stuff, and they're taking your picture, and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that, and it's so exciting." He goes, "But then you got to do it," mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do it. So we fucking quit. Every single person about remodeling a house, doing a car project, shooting a simple photo session, doing a, a vlog, doing a, a five-minute bit on a something. YouTube, going to ride a fucking bicycle. Going to the, work. Okay. <laughs> Some people just going to work. So we had this comment. You probably they, know that as a... Having employees. I don't. I don't get excited about going to work. <laughs> That's not a thing. That's I don't sit coffee. on the. Co- That's what coffee. I don't for. sit in, the, in cocaine. Yeah, I'm just too poor to do it. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm too poor to do it. I just I'm like. But it smells so good. I'm to, I'm toy poor. It does it. So everyone gets excited about the idea, but they don't want to do it. And and I had this conversation with one of my friends yesterday, and uh, Chris, is we're about to do a commercial project for him. And we were talking about going to the gun club for dinner. Well, Beth was talking to his wife, and then he and Beth's like, "Hey, I know you got a meeting with Chris today. Bring up going to dinner with Chris and see what you think." So I'm talking to Chris, and I say, "Hey, are y'all going to dinner tonight?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know what the plan is." I was like, "Yeah, me either. I don't give a fuck." And I said, "But Beth, I said Beth doesn't understand how guys work." They said a lot, and 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 I said, "Beth's got this thing like." She's talked to Daphne, and now you and I are supposed to get together and plan this shit. And I was like, that's not how guys work. I said, I'm at an age now where the idea of doing shit sounds so much better than actually doing it. And the reason being is, is if there are people involved, I've got to text someone about doing it. And then they're going to fucking text me back, and I'm going to have to fucking talk to them. (laughs) Like I'm some sort of goddamn fucking cruise director here for, you know, coordinating entertainment for the client. That's not my thing, man. I would rather sit home and watch TV with the idea of, man, well, I could have gone and done something tonight. That's when we get started doing these movies and stuff. One thing I realized being a director of even a short film was like, oh, it's not about bringing this fancy hat and telling people what to do. It's like, no, I got to babysit and coordinate all these people. It's wrangling tasks. You're 
babysitting a bunch of dysfunctional people. And, and it's like and organ I, organizing I, anything. Organizing yeah. a race event is the same. And one. you have to know their personality so that you'll step on their toes so to make sure you'll do it. And you're like, oh my god. And then they all show up late anyway. It's like we just used like to, a bad like date. when we were running autocross events. <laughs> You got guys who are racing through cones in a parking lot at 80 to 90 miles an hour in a parking lot. They can't park a fucking car. I mean, I've literally only know how to drive. I've literally not park it very fast. I've I've literally walked through grid and been like, how come you guys can drive so fast and so well through cones and not touch cone? You can't fucking face your car in the right direction and park like you had Hot Wheels. I know all <laughs> you motherfuckers had Hot Wheels. Did you park them all fucked up when you organized them like in your fake parking lot in your kitchen floor? Only no. Went, only put dynamite in it. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> put firecrackers in them. And <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just... It's funny how, how the older you get, one, because of experience, you're quicker to spot toxic behavior and you're less willing to put up with any of it trying to suppress a burp there well i'm curious i mean like obviously we have an idea of as you've gotten older you can kind of see like people's like i don't need to work with this person or i need to keep it with this you talking about i got i I need to see the manager haircuts (laughs) is that what you're talking about like bitch i can see that shit from across the room i don't even want to talk to you (laughs) or or there's some people that you know is like i can work with you but i need to be on a limited it, situation it, we can know. stay as a professional level but i would never want to have a beer or hang out yeah. with you yes you know but like brian as you you know since you're much younger do you see several decades <laughs> no just one decade <laughs> i mean but do you see actually is that you're almost, almost two several, decades yeah. younger than well, I, I still like to use the phrase several decades because randall gave me shit about heavy metal being <laughs> several decades <laughs> old well you made it sound like it came out like <laughs> before world war one <laughs> It did. Like before the tank, there was heavy metal. And then all of a sudden there were tanks. And the <laughs> irony was they were heavy metal. It's like, but, uh, dickhead, I mean, like, fuck you. Do you recognize toxic, I mean, like toxic traits in people as you've gotten older, a little bit older? Oh, even though, definitely. Even though we, we keep harping on people in their 20s and stuff. Well, he's in that neutral zone, though. Right, right, but, he, but he's, he's closer to it than we are. Water, so I I tend to keep people at arm's length because I'm more cautious and I'm waiting for a red flag or just anything that's like, man, I really don't. Okay, want to I fucking got, be around I, this person. So in that same subject, I do, and a lot of people don't know this. I test people all the time through a text message or comments or oh, just I, I conversation. I will, I will take it in a direction that is a test of their personality to find out yeah. if I want to hang out. Have you reached that point? With, oh, I do. With I your, do that quite often. I got, I got kind of called out on it because me, me and you have that same personality of like, sometimes you're fucking And it's people. mom's fault. Mom, Mom's the one that kind of made both of us this way because yeah. I got it from mom. And, and no, I, I'm probably much more of your mom's son than my i have more of that personality yeah you you're you're on honorary rutledge honestly <laughs> well i don't know if i go that far i don't want to be your dad's son no i'm <laughs> i'm a rutledge by name but, but i'm i'm a brenda girl a brenda rutledge but i remember my, my, my buddy brett because you know i was like i just like to set board out crazy shit sometimes just 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 because it made me laugh inside or i just want to see i want to see you roll your eyes at me and go what the fuck did he just say just because it's funny. I force people to roll their eyes Yeah, at and me. so like, Brett said, he's like, you do I that. love to see it, but then it pisses me off for some reason. I like to do, I like to deliberately derail 
derail a conversation <laughs> like you just did with Corey, <laughs> like you did with Corey, because Corey was just zooming along and then you yeah. broke in. But then, like he said that to me one day, like you do that test people, don't you? I was like, I never thought about that. I'm I never, knew. I I never looked at it. It's just it's just something I did. It's just I like, figured it out in my twenties yeah. that I, I was doing that. And again. But I it think, made total but sense. But the cool thing is everybody does it in different ways. For for me, it's you'll be saying something serious, and I'll just drop in some twisted, dark joke about exactly what you're talking about. And, and then, then the reaction tells reaction, you. Yeah, is whether or not I want to keep talking to you yeah. or not. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the way I grew up and then going in the Army and stuff like that. And, and I've always been able to have a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of being as far as who I am. And when I worked at the motorcycle shop, I was 25 when I started there. And I remember the owner, I overheard this and I didn't say anything because they got it right. The owner told my buddy, Sean at the time, he's like, I don't understand Randall. He's usually a really big prick, but sometimes he can be the nicest, informative, helpful person that you will ever meet. And Sean goes, if you're in his way, or the conversation doesn't matter, he's going to be a prick. If he's making money and he needs to have that conversation to help him make money, he's going to be nice. It is all about facilitating him earning money in this business. So and you're has, two-faced. Yes. So you're a typical <laughs> salesman. No, you know, and so what? I, I never did any typical. I never lied to customers. I yeah. was always straightforward and honest, and I think that's why I sold so much stuff when I was doing sales. But the problem was, is within the business, I had so much bullshit to put up with that I was only nice to people in the business when I had to get them to manipulate them to do what I needed them to do to facilitate a sale. The rest of the time, I was an asshole to them. So I think we all, we everyone has a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Sometimes it's, sometimes, oh, it, yeah. sometimes it's, well, this is my personal behavior and this is my at work behavior it's as simple as that everyone has at least that oh yeah not mine i'm surprised they don't fire me at work <laughs> i'll say some crazy shit just because i'm they probably are afraid that if they fire you you're gonna try to play some americans with disability act bullshit on them because like does Corey have Tourette's? Like, I mean, I've heard him joke about it on the podcast, but I'm afraid to fire him because I, that could be an ADA issue and we get sued. I think it's that moment where they actually find it kind of funny, but they feel like they shouldn't laugh because... It's just, awkward. Yeah. Well, if you if, laugh, that's how you go to HR. No, and something I learned... Well, well I used to joke with my, my boss about saying something. Uh, he would say something and said, you're going to give me something to HR. I said, I am the HR. I said, I know. That's, why. That's That was why the joke, that. dickhead. <laughs> I, learned that, I learned in high school, if you do a good job, you can get away with a lot more. Oh, yeah. Like, the better you are at work, the more shit people will put up with. And I, Yeah, because yeah, they'll, they'll tell Testing that you. theory. Oh, I'm good with my job because it's like I'm, I'm a problem solved from hell. I'm not – I don't know it all, but I know how to – Fix something. Your, your brain's like mine. You're, it's very puzzle-oriented. And if it's a puzzle, it, everything in life is yeah. puzzle-based. And if your brain works that way, you're a problem solver. Yeah, and Sydney's that way. And that's what, like, she texted the other night. And she was at work. She's like, I'm about to quit. And Beth goes, well, you know, talk. let's talk it through before you quit. If you want to quit, quit. But let's talk it through before you do anything rash. And it was the fundamental issue that everybody deals with at work. There's, a, there's an employee who isn't doing shit. The rest mm -hmm. is getting dumped on you. Oh, so she's stuck in a managerial. No, type no, of... no. She's a server at a country club. Okay. So it sounds. But like there was mine, another yeah. server who wouldn't do shit, 
and she was getting stuck. Corey's doing flicking <laughs> boogers at me or something. I don't know what's going and on. And she in was the getting stuck, and she felt like everything was being dumped on her, so she was going to quit. And I said, "No, no, no. This is what you have to do. You're working. They're not going to fire you. If they're not going to fire her for not doing anything, they're not going to fire you if you're a good worker. Throw it in somebody's face and see oh, what I, happens. I've been doing that at work because that no matter how much of an ass you are." If you're really productive, if you're just not blatantly disrespectful, now that's different. Yeah. But being a bit of a prick, but really good at your job, people will put up with that shit for a long time. And then they'll find out, like, don't ask them to do. Yeah, then they just kind of, then they don't, they will, they won't just. you to be a prick. Right. They won't come to you with bullshit. They'll come to you when they really need you. Well, we had a guy at my job that was like that. Everybody hated this guy. And I actually had a problem that I knew only this guy could solve. So I went to him, I asked him for help. But when I went to him for help, I said, I did this, this, and this. What am I, what am I missing? And the guy stopped everything he was doing and helped me. And I said, I had a different experience than you guys. I, I went to him with respect, and I, I didn't ask him to do my job You didn't for go me. to him like a dumbass. Yeah, That's I, the I went and said, hey, man, I just can't figure this out, and you know everything about this. And I waited until the last minute before I just knew there was nothing left. And he's like, all right, you were, I knew you I were my you. ace in the hole. Yeah. And the difference is, is you went to him with information, with things that you had tried. Yeah. And you explained, hey, man, I tried to work this out myself, but I really need your help. The other people that go to him that he gets pissed Ooh, off get at. it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> they just For ask as, him to do it. As soon as they get that assignment, I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to ask him. Yeah. And they made zero attempt. And that's what pisses people that know how to do stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, for me, if you if you came to me, and he, I bet he's the same way. If you went to him and you said, hey, I was given this. I have no clue how to do this. I could really use your help. He would show you. Yeah. Not if you come to him and you go, "Hey, man, I need help doing this." No, it's it's and it's that's the and it's all about how you do it because someone who really knows wants you to learn because that makes everybody better. A strong team is a better team, and anybody with any real brain understands grow the team because we're all a team. We're a team. I mean. And well, you're one fifth. Of I don't the even. Want, if I swear to God, if we get it, I, I, I have a, I have a plastic straw, contrary to California popular belief. That's and California I will, law. I will stab you with it if you get into this fraction shit. But you know, it's funny. Like the engineers at my job, I love to mess with them when they'll come out because they'll do that. They'll come ask me something. They go, "Can I ask you a question?" And I go, "No." Bitch, aren't you the engineer? And I'll just look, I just look at him. Of course, I'll help him. But I, I, I love to say it just because it's a test to see what they're gonna do. Yeah, you know. Are you gonna act like a little bitch? Or are you gonna man up and be like, dude, yeah. come on, really? I mean, like, there's one engineer. like most of the time, it's like I'll. Sometimes he just got to get away from the computer. You know, get his brain in something else. He'll come and ask me. I can't figure this out. We'll go back out there and say, okay, I'll come watch you figure it out. And well, a lot of, and a lot of times, I mean, no, many times it's like it's a joke between us that I go stand over his shoulder while he does it. But you know as well as I do, you're it's that forest for the trees shit. Yeah. You've been staring at this cup for so long that you can't figure out why it's leaking, but there's this hole in the bottom. And then you walk off for a minute and you go, dude, I got this cup and I can't figure out why it's leaking. 
and you walk back over and you're like, well, motherfucker, it's got a hole in it. Yeah. Like, it's and just, it's, it's yeah. that simple because right. we, and Beth will do that. She'll be working on an appraisal and she'll come upstairs and she's talking kind of at me. And I'm like, am I supposed to be offering solutions? She's like, no, I'm just trying to articulate it. And I'll do it. Yeah. The company's the same way. I'll write material. And then sometimes you just got to say it out loud. And then you're like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I do. And so it's, it's a lot of times. Like I think they don't get it because I'm actually having to talk through mm-hmm. the movements. It's like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, it's kind of like this. I need to kind of treat my body like a tree trunk. I can do this. And I think sometimes they, when I'm working with the UK, they kind of don't. They don't understand my they don't, my, my Okay, but that's my, how that's how a brain processes information. Right. And I can tell you right now, the way I process information is completely different than the way most people do. Right. And it's like we were talking about earlier. Like I, I was I had this idea the other day of I feel like my life as a sitcom and the main character who is me, the story is written about a dumbass who's too smart to realize he's a dumbass. So I feel that way sometimes. And just the fact that you have those thoughts, you're like, oh, I can't, it can't be real stupid if I can have thoughts like that, you know? Oh, man. It, yeah, but most people aren't introspective. That's not a thing. Most people are, it's everyone <laughs> yeah. else's fault. It can't, yeah. there's no way, no, and that's, there's no way anything I'm doing is wrong. That's a huge red flag for me if I want to bring it home. Is anybody, if I'm around somebody and they blame everything on everything that is around them but they can't take a second to admit that maybe they misinterpreted something they misheard something or that or they, they just, just straight perpetuate up, behavior yeah, they fucked up in some way but they will immediately blame their surroundings or the closest person to them that's an immediate red flag for me because that means that they can't even look on the inside and, and figure out their own problems well that's because they're flawless yeah I have, well, a, they think I have they a meme are. for that. It's fucking awesome, too. Goddamn, I wish we could share it. I, I, <laughs> well, it's a I, podcast. I, I have an so interesting thought, and maybe Brian can help answer more because he's like me. We're both single. So, God, but he keeps you, bringing that up. But you, but you can help, you know, chime in. So, the idea of toxic people do we notice toxic red flags more with people that we date or with just people as friends? Do we like. Do we like the ones that we're like, oh, we know that girls kind of got some red flags and we let them slide because we know we're going to get laid? I like the meme. It's like, I see this box. It's full of red flags. I can read them. I know what they are. I'm going to date it for six months. But it's like, (laughs) and that's the thing is like, and we know there's red flags in both types of relationships. Now, do we let one one slide more than another? All right. So what's the difference between a red flag and compromise? Every relationship has compromise. Oh, yeah. Now, the, to me, in my mind, is is if you're having to compromise about reasonable things, that's compromise. If you're having to compromise about unreasonable, selfish bullshit, that's a red flag. So, but again, that is that's a very personal thing because to me, my limit is going to be much lower because of life experience, the way I grew yeah. up, and my. It, so I don't know if you My guys saw it the other day, different. but I posted that tweet thing that we, and we may have done it on the podcast thing, but I put it on my Facebook pages. I should be given an Academy Award for acting like I give a fuck. And and it's <laughs> funny because the instant reaction, my business partner's like, I think you overestimate your acting ability. <laughs> <laughs> which is a positive effect because that means yeah. that people read me and go, that motherfucker don't care, which is yeah. fine. So... 
again, everyone, like, my bar is going to be lower. Someone. But does that work the same way? Well, I mean, you're married, so it's a little different, but. Well, see, no, it does. It does. Would that bar bar be the same for a a friendship as a dating relationship? No. To me. For me, I tend to be more tolerant in the early stages of a dating relationship because I acknowledge people will have bad days and those bad days can have really bad effects on people. But if that person has a bad day every day for seven days straight, it's, it's done. It's over. Well, like the old saying, if you go out and you meet nothing but assholes, you're probably the asshole. Yeah. And I confirm that that is true. <laughs> from one asshole to just, just <laughs> as a, as a secret from a, a honed person of the craft. Of being an <laughs> asshole, that is 100% true. You know, it's an interesting thing about red flags is like, at first, you know, talking about this is, oh, I can, let me think of like, what are actual red flags that I see in people? But you can't. Some Everybody's different. And oh, yeah. okay. sometimes, sometimes it's just something the way somebody interacts with you. Or, I mean, I was obviously. I think it's like, like a red, red flag is like being ticklish. Some people are ticklish on their feet. Some people aren't. Some people are ticklish on their ribs. Some people aren't. Red flags are very personal. Yeah. And then, and then, okay, then you add in desperation. Someone who's insecure and they need a relationship and all that stuff. See, their tolerance, their tolerance red for red flag behavior is going to be much higher because their desire to be wanted or have a companion yeah. is going to be so high. And I think, you know, like the crazy hot scale. Mm-hmm. Like hotter they are, the crazier they are for women. Oh yeah. I think the higher your need to be liked and your higher your need to be have a partner or whatever, have a relationship, the higher your level for putting up with bullshit or red flags are. The lower that it, I, they have to be, there has to be some sort of correlation. There, there. I think there is, and that's. I mean, you hear and it's about kinda, and horribly the, abusive relationships, like one person. Right, he beat my so ass, much, but yeah. he loves me. Yeah, no, I I had him arrested, but I bailed him out of jail. Hell, watch for, cops. You can see that all day. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? But that's so. That's. I'm sure we've had family on that show at some point. We had to have had family on that show at some point. That's what you get for living in the South. But I, I do. I think when you really look at red flag behavior as far as as connections, relationships, whatever, your need to facilitate that specific relationship, because I, again, like you were saying, I don't, have like this is the limit well the limit's variable yes yeah depending on the relationship because beth and i like as we went to get beer god they were going in <laughs> in the parking man, lot the trash <laughs> came out <laughs> guy put his white beater but on what's funny is this- going, get my goddamn beer woman <laughs> and they don't even drink beer i don't get it <laughs> that's uh, That's completely said, not he, what happened. He said, "My pimp had strong." <laughs> that was said. That that was one hundred percent said. But that's the kind of stuff that, that they're professionals like, at fighting. <laughs> Man, we got twenty eight years together. We know how this shit well, works. I mean, everybody. I mean, and that wasn't even a fight. Yeah, and that wasn't really a fight. That was yeah, just ball busting. To like 
the general population that was stuck in the parking lot <laughs> what, witnessing if, this. When I was like, bitch, it ain't my fault you can't fucking hear. Then everybody's like, did he just say, bitch, it's not his fault? She And they're waiting hear? for something to happen because you provoked her, but nothing actually happened. But if, like, let's use her as I'm a- pretty sure she said, fuck you, <laughs> and something else, but I really wasn't listening because I was just... That was formulating my own <laughs> entertainment at that level. Well, like her example, if she came down here every five minutes while we're working on the podcast and you're trying to work on the car, she's at five minutes and keeping you from doing it. And it was a constant. Okay, like this or morning. Or saying, no, I don't want you working on the car today. I want us to do this. And you're like, well, I need no. to get this done. You know, like those kind of things. And you hear those in relationships a lot of times. Like, oh, she won't let me do Me this. first. Yes. Me first. And a lot of times it's not because they really want to do anything. They just don't want to. Well, this morning people. when they changed my time for doing my stand-up today, it went from 12.30 to he called me. He goes, hey, is there any way you can be here at 11, 11, 15? I'm like, fuck, really? Because I thought I had another hour to just to, again, I'd only done this material one time. I'm like, I was like, let me see what I can do. I got to get a shower. I'm in the shower going through my material, washing my hair and stuff. And Beth comes in and starts talking to me. I'm like, shut up. She's like, what? I was like, I'm going through my material. And she instantly said, I'm sorry, I didn't realize what you were doing. We we try to be very respectful of each other's space and things that we do. And again, as I've said countless times on here, we spend a lot of time together. Um, but we also try to be aware of other things. So That's called just being considerate. Respectful. Yeah. Right. But, there's, those but at no point exist. has she done anything that... Because I, again, that's part of having a, a, a relationship. You got to have the hard talks. If she was doing something that I thought was borderline red flag behavior, I'm like, hey, these are con- these are hot points for me at the moment with our relationship. We need to work on this. And I would want her to do the same thing because that's how we keep working together. We have to evolve together. The difference is is when, when you first start dating someone, you're formulating your contract. You're building the contract to your relationship and the behavior that you allow to go unchecked is going to be considered normal from then on. So if you let like, man, Josh Shirley, (laughs) here's a prime example. He's, he used to say this to Craig. I know my wife's a bitch, but she's hot. Really? Like, like that's, that's really the contract that you've, you've, you know, the mother of your kids and she manipulates you and treats you like shit, but she looks good in a picture. Motherfucker, you ever been on the internet? You can rent one of those. For <laughs> no, <laughs> you can just look at them like a picture. That's why, I mean, me, yeah. picture porn is so much better than, <laughs> than actually because there's watching no, videos of people working. Yes, because there's no talking. I don't want to hear like don't talk and ruin it. You're so pretty. Just don't just stand there and shut up. There's a mute button. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but that's a lot of right. so I think in, in the early phases of a relationship, even with friendships, especially me now, I'm very abrupt. Right. I mean, I'm talking to the point where like you pull up my driveway, we start talking, I'm like, bitch, I'm laying out the contract now. <laughs> this is this is how well, it's gonna I be. I mean, I can see that with some people just well, there's been because of social media or something else. Just by talking to the person, it's like, oh, we need to hang out. It's like, yeah, I can already see that. I know the co- I know what's going to go. I don't play video games. I don't just hang out and get high. And I'm like, unless we're going to go to a concert or something, we 
you know, that Where you want to do. you're just standing beside each other, yeah. but there's something else going on. And since I, I'm not married, I don't do the couple thing. You know, a lot of them are like, they got the couple. I can only go out this night because I'm married or like whatever reason is. I can see people's like, I never put a lot of effort into that. Not that even a red flag. It's just like, it's going to be hard for me. To, it's a waste of time. It's going to hard for me to make that a relationship as a friendship flourish because I'm not going to get as much out of it. Not that I need to get as much out of it, but. Well, but that comes down to reading people right. and reading behavior. And, and it was hard to do before the internet because you would meet someone, let's say at like at a convention. And you would have a five-minute conversation, and you're like, dude, man, I really connected with that person. And then every now and then you would text with them, or you'd have a phone conversation. And you're like, cool, man, we're going to hook up, and we're going to go eat Mexican. And then you sit down, and you have a conversation with them, and you're like, well, that was a little weird. But they're still cool. I mean, I can't believe how much I love Siegfried and Roy, but hey, but man. Then, right. Know. But then you go have <laughs> – but then, like – and you're not – in because friends going out is kind of like dating. Yeah. And then you're like four dinners in, and you're like – you know, this this person's not who I thought they were from that five-minute conversation. Social media has eliminated that because you see the shit they post online, and you're like, you know what? I could probably talk to them at the convention again next year, but I'm not, I don't want to hang out with them. I, ever... I mean, we touched a lot about it on the, the social media right, the right. episode. But yeah, I mean, I it, it is weird, but uh, I don't know. It's always, it's always curious, and, and I think every day – well, and I don't think you could give a handbook to anybody no. about how to manage red flag relationships because look at this. Okay, let's take this as an example. Well, both sides are so different. You're well, but, okay, but look at this. You hand a Bible out to people, right? You hand a Bible out to 10,000 people. How many interpretations are you going to get? Probably 20,000. That's right. So if you gave someone a handbook about how to manage red flag relationships— and you gave them all the exact same relationships, same people, same relationships, all that, and you had 100,000 people, you'd get 20,000 net results. Well, Why? Like, because how they grew up, the well, programming yeah. they got, their idea of, well, you know what? I don't really like them, but I feel guilty for not liking them because I'm supposed to like them, so I'm going to put up with their bullshit because in my mind, we're supposed to all get along. Well, it's funny because like, or not funny, but thinking... My idea of red flags and your idea of red flags are can be way different. So right, then, so that makes our relationship different. Like, I can be like, I can't stand that person. But Brian's like, man, he's cool as fuck. I enjoy hanging out with him. It's like that bugs me. It's like I don't bother me because I do the same thing. Well, but or you, whatever you know. But you could again, if you wrote a handbook on how to deal with red flag relationships, you hand it to a hundred people. Fifty people are going to go. Well, that's kind of harsh. Like, man, that's like you're a judgmental asshole. And then 50 people are going to be like, the bar is way too low. I wouldn't put up with that anywhere near that level of shit. Like, it should be much higher. You're way no, too tolerant. Because everybody's tolerance because, levels are again, wildly different. It's like someone who drinks 3% beer and they're like, man, this stuff's pretty stout. And then you grab a little bit of 8% and you're like, nah, man, I'm used to drinking straight liquor. 8% beer is nothing. Yeah. It's, it's a tolerance level thing and it's a willingness to put up with stuff because of how your brain works because the programming you got at home of what your expectations are a relationship so that's what i'm saying there's no way to build a guideline for it so it's we just, just talked for like an hour and a half of for no reason <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what we're talking about well, I mean, in a I know, sense, I know. some of it was about red well, flags. Well, it, it's just interesting because I think a lot of people don't talk about 
toxic people and, and how they've affected their life. I, I, this is right, the and that's and and so for anyone who listens to this, I would hope that they listen to some of these examples that we've laid out in our approach to it because again. It comes down to our experience is what's brought us to our behavior. Yeah. Now, Brian has already expressed, like, he's working in that direction, but you can't make him that way. He has to experience some shit before he's going to be like, yeah, fuck it. I just don't really you like Give it a couple more years. A couple more I toothless I mean, I he hope. hangs out with us for a solid eight <laughs> more months. He's going to be like, I don't like people or not doing the podcast, and I've, I I've joined a commune. I prefer to live by myself, so I'm not joining a commune. I've already started convincing him to buy music gear, and they don't you know how to play yet. So Because it's something I can do by myself at home around no people. No. But I would hope that that's not a conversation that many people have online. I see when I research podcasts, I see a lot of other people talk about relationships and stuff like that. And they'll say like, Oh, we're talking about red flags, but it's almost like the anti-relationship people people really (laughs) talk openly about red flags. And I'm not talking about complaining about your un, you know, your failed relationships and on whichever side of the party it was on. But the fact that people don't already, they don't normally want to openly talk about, this type of conversation. Well, it's kind of like the the idea of talking about God without ever talking about the devil. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're going to well, talk about relationships and managing relationships, you need to you need to understand the devil's side of relationships, which is red flag behavior. But people, people don't want to talk about that. People want to stigmatize well, red flags, so. and they want to say this, this. Well, the this, problem and is, this, and this is the problem wanna, with yeah. modern, in my opinion, with modern day society about relationships. If you say I don't put up with x y and z you're intolerant you're a yeah. bigot you're uh, you're not open-minded you're judgmental there's all these negative connotations that come along with no i'm just very protective of my time that's all it really boils down to i'm very protective of my time so uh, i about me i had a comment from a couple of females who had whatever with and it's come up a couple of times and they would say because nothing went forward with it and they said that uh, I wouldn't put up with their shit. And part of it, I kind of laughed about it. And I'm like, okay, well, two things. Does that mean that are you saying you're a shitty person and I, I won't really put up with your shit? Or are you saying I'm kind of, kind of an asshole and that's, I'm a red flag because I'm not willing to put up with your shit? I don't know. It's weird how to interpret it. I think we talked about that in the relationship. Yeah, but when having somebody say that to you is it's like, it's well, a, again, it's. A, but is that a red flag go, on me or them? No, but it goes back to the early stages of a relationship and 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 you're building your contract for that relationship. On their side, they're looking for someone who will let them just be a bitch yeah. and treat them like shit. So I'm being, and then I, because you won't, yeah. well, you won't put up my shit. Fuck you. So, so, so in a weird way, is that being a red flag to them? It is for them in their perspective, maybe. Yeah, because some people will come into a relationship, and say, "Here's all my problems that you're gonna have to deal with." Well, why am I gonna have to deal with them? Those aren't my problems. Those are your problems. You need I mean, to work on your problems. You're not looking right, they, so. The well, point I look of at being the, in a relationship they're is not coming to get at it, somebody to fix your And problems. I can tell you this, it's it's chicks who think they're hot. That this is what happens a lot of times. I I look so good that you're going to put up with my bullshit because And you, then they learn the hard way that Well, no. But anyone with any any idea at all is like you're going to lose that. Yeah. You're the type of person who's not going to do the work to maintain it because chicks who are hot when they're young think that's a forever thing 
they don't realize, hey, you know what? At some point, you're going to have to manage your weight. You're going to actually have to like do some exercise or something to, yeah. ke- to keep. Exercise. Because you'll see them like they're hot, 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 and 25 hits. And all of a sudden, their ass starts to hang. And they get that little <laughs> that little chin thing going on on their ass cheeks because it's actually it's not firm anymore. It just droops. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about. That's why he's laughing. So, but but all I, I'm not laughing so that people can. Brian's going through that right now. <laughs> My like, ass looks exactly like Brian's that. like. God damn, I, I got an ass chin. Is that what you're saying? So, but that's the thing is they're trying to set a contract with accept me for being like a like the old school Lamborghinis right. that. Looked smoking hot and really cool, but stayed in the shop all the time. But people did it because they were Lamborghinis. It's the same thing. Right. Josh These Shirley. The- Josh Shirley. She treats me like shit, but she's literally, this is words from his mouth. And by the way, he hates me, and that's fine. I didn't like that motherfucker to begin with. That's <laughs> He's why like I, topless. That's why I used to that's why I used to hit him in the face with mud. So he would literally say she's so hot, you know. She treats me like shit, but she's so hot. I'm like, that's a terrible. Like if I recorded that, like if my son, if I had a son, Sydney's pretty close to a son, and and he came to me and said that, I would open hand slap shit out of him for saying some stupid shit. That whole like that. Batman Robin meme where he's like, stop, <laughs> share, share if, like if, no yeah. motherfucker, I don't stop. like share. Fuck that puppy. So all that's going through my head when you're telling that short little story. Is the people that share the meme where it's like, well, if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. It's like, Bitch, you don't you're have only, a best. So right. You're always your at worst your worst. Is your best. So, yeah. And and what the whole situation? Some in a weird way. I'm like, okay, so here's a girl telling me, you, I won't put up with her shit. So they're basically saying I won't accept them. But like, why should I accept them if they're not willing to accept me for who I am? It's Would not you, about okay. you. It's about them. No, and I know that's not. Not, I'm not trying to get into all that. I'm just I'm I'm finding this weird little it's a two way street. This weird little yeah. Little, yeah inception of red flagism because it's like I'm a red flag for you, but you're a that, red flag but, for but me. But you just gave me a red flag, telling me that you're not willing to accept me. It's for like mine. a tire on your car that won't <laughs> hold air. Are you gonna keep hanging on like that? It won't hold air. It's no longer I'll a tire. Find a fucking use for it somehow. <laughs> right. You're not gonna be like okay. Well, I took that tire off that won't hold air and I put it in the corner because one day. One day it's going to hold air. No, that is a toxic relationship. <laughs> that right? So why would you? Why would you? A, a partner right. that's not a partner, yeah, is never going to be a partner. No, no, no. I I just find it funny. Like thinking about like, no, the duality of yeah. what you're saying is because I her think, behavior to you is a giant red flag to you, but because you're not a self. Because you're not self deprecating yeah. shitbag masochist that will just put up with anything <laughs> to be with a six that thinks she's a fucking ten. That's a red flag to her. Yeah. But when but then what you have to come back is look fall back and look at the abstract side of it and go, that bitch's fucked up. Yeah. Like no, who no, cares? No. Yeah. I mean, no, it's just but it is. It, it's, it's it's a weird realization when you start to actually look at yourself and realize your own red flags to other people. It, I'm a red well, when flag. somebody tells you what your red flag was for them, because again, like you said, sometimes what's a red flag for them of your behavior may not affect another different person the same way. Oh, I mean, I'm, I know I'm a red flag for certain people because I'm the same way. I, I say what's on my mind a lot of times, or sometimes if people just get, I just, I just stop. I'm like, I can't, 
Like the, the ghost ones because I, I, I don't say like you. the ones who post shit on Facebook and you and you know they don't truly believe this. They're like surround yourself with people who are honest because those are the people who really care about you. And it's nobody true. wants it's to have true. honesty in their. But life, they'll post though. that meme. Oh no no no! And their no, friends they would want no no no. They'll post that meme and I go, you fucking must love me more than every motherfucker alive, <laughs> because I'm the most brutally honest person you're gonna meet. That's what I want. Like, to me, I want people. I hurt my feelings. It's my fault for fucking having them, you know? But, but people want that. I mean, I, I could say even in my life, nobody asks me for their for my honesty. They just ask me for help because they don't want my opinion. They just want to know how to get it done because they don't want me to tell <laughs> to them you're to them a dumbass. Like they're fucking yeah. retarded. Yes. Because they nobody wants that. Nobody wants real no one wants they no one wants to feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, even if they're a piece of shit, mm-hmm. unless they're a masochist. <laughs> then they yeah. All right, I don't know. Well, that's probably a good place to uh, wrap to this. Uh, <laughs> Brian's flashing Let's the light over here. Ready to rumble. We, uh, we probably extended this one a little too far. I think. Uh, I don't know, but this one's a fun one to me because it is so complex. And then the fact that you can't narrow it down yeah. and make it idiot-proof. No. Well, this no. might be the most complex topic that we randomly decided to what? bullshit about. It's so funny that how specific it is. Red flag things in a relationship. That's very specific yeah. in a relationship. But then, again, it's kind of like we were talking about genres of music. Like metal. But then... Well, the, what mushroom, about metal? the mushroom of metal and how much... God, is, is that a dick joke? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you have mushroom dick? So, <laughs> Certain powerful people do. <laughs> All right. I think that- Again, talking about red flags. <laughs> mushroom dick is a red flag. Wow, well, okay. That was probably a good place to wrap this one up. Brian, you can okay, find so, your edit points on here going, so, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so then, then I'm going to take my spoon and stab you in the face with it, and we're going to call it the end of the episode. How's that? Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure uh, do the hashtag PBN syrup. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Be looking for that uh, flawless meme because I'm dropping that on the Facebook yeah. page immediately. Or you know, do the hashtag and send us a message. So uh, you want to hear us bullshit about something? Hell, well, we'll we'll talk about about anything. If you want to see Corey, and we'll video this because I said see. Covered in honey on a fire ant hill. We'll make that shit happen, man. Dude, don't don't kink shame me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's time to go. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>